Spirit of the Lord is here. Just if there's anything you need to ask God right now, just, just ask Him. If there's anything you need to tell Him, just tell Him. If there's anything you need to hear from Him, just listen. Open our ears, Lord. We want to see you. We want to hear you. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see you. Thank you, Lord. We ask for an awareness of your presence, just as that one song says. Let us become more aware of your presence, God. Let us become more aware of your presence. You're all around us. You're always at work. You're always doing things. Holy Spirit, make us aware of your presence when we're not singing worship songs, when we're not doing something that we think is would make your presence come. God, make us aware of what you're up to. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in our hearts. You're welcome in our minds. You're welcome in this place, the place of my life. We welcome you, God. Thank you, Lord. Give us more, Lord. Give us more. Open our eyes. Give us more. Give us revelation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. said amen 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 thank you worship team i want to quickly turn to john chapter four i'm just going to share with you for just a few minutes here uh, we've been talking about worship and i think this uh ties in you know i asked the lord this lisa so you know i asked the lord i said i said lord just let me know let me make sure i'm, I'm doing the right thing i'll know if I'll know if she sings that Holy Spirit song that says, make us aware of your presence. And so, sure enough, pulled up the list this morning, said, yep, there it is. So, um, don't don't take this wrong, but yeah, I'm kind of glad we got rid of Corey for, for a little bit. <laughs> now, hear me out. The Lord is, is uh, Greg shared a word with me. He thought, he thought that one of the things that the Lord was doing in our church was he's going to teach us how to enter into worship. And sometimes what you do in a worship experience, a worship time as a, as a people of God, is, is you rely too much on the instruments. You know, I love drums. Now let me tell you, look, if I had my way, I like, I'd love to have a rock and worship team that, uh, you know, was full of 20 instruments and drum, you know, Two drummers, percussionists, and whatever, you know, two electric guitars, acoustic guitar, one person playing piano, one person playing keyboard, trumpets, violin, you know, whatever, everything. I, I, I'd like to see everything. But I don't want to see it if we don't know how to worship, if we don't know how to enter into his presence. Because that's the most important thing, is if we enter in. If I come and say, man, that was a great song. I really love that. But I didn't enter in. I didn't get close to God. I didn't get close to Jesus. The Holy Spirit wasn't moving in me. 
doesn't matter how many drums or violins or percussionists are on the platform. I've missed it. You know, entering is a choice. It's a choice. It's a, you have to first make the decision, say, I'm going to go for God. Yeah, I'm, and I'm thankful that we have a church that, by and large, the majority of you, you get here, and you're like, I'm going for God. But here's the deal. I want you to know, the harder you go after God, it influences somebody around you. That's why it's important that you're here. One of the reasons you're, it's important that you're here, because someone else, they may not even be watching you. They may, it's not that people are watching us. They're... Uh, I've had people talk about, you know, in worship, they're like, oh, I'm afraid what people are going to think if I do this or do that. Well, here's the deal. All of us are thinking that, okay? <laughs> so we're not looking at each other. We're worried about what's going on with us. So let's just let, let that one go and not worry about what will somebody think if I respond to God in this way. Whatever he's calling you to respond in, I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, it's different every time when God is, is meeting you. He sometimes says, hey, just sit down. It's fine. Just sit down. Sometimes he says, no, I want you to lay out, out in the front. I want you to lay up front on the altar. No, God, I'm going to lay right here. Well, I said to lay up front. <laughs> if you want to enter in, you've got to do what he says. You've got to do what he says. And here's the deal. Our obedience is contagious. Entering into God's presence is contagious. So when I choose to do it, someone else says, I'm going to do that too. It's not even that they're watching me. It's just like, it's like I'm being drawn in. I'm being pushed in. It's like the, it's the, when you get enough people going a certain way, you just kind of, if you're going to try to go the other way, you're going to have to really try, but it's easy to go along with the flow. So if the flow of the people of God is flowing into the presence of God, to the very throne of God, then other people who are on the outside, I don't even know how to get there. I don't even know what that means. They're drawn in. So your job is huge. On Sunday mornings when we gather to worship, you enter in so somebody else can enter in. And we entered in this morning, so that's good. But I encourage you, continue to press into God. We've got, we've got, to, we've got to press into God because I believe he wants, he wants to do the miracles. He wants to do those things, and he wants to do it not just on Sundays. But part of the way I get ready for Monday is to be full on Sunday. Get full on Monday, too. But it's good to get together with the people of God and get that, that synergy, that, that togetherness, that flow that comes. So John chapter 4 just talking, as we're talking about entering in and worship, Jesus says this about worship. I'll, let me start at verse 21. It's not on the screen, so you're going to have to open your Bible. John 4, 21, it says, This is Jesus with the Samaritan woman. He, he meets her, and talk, they talk about water for a while and living water and all this, and then he has a word of knowledge for her and says, Hey, you're, you're living in sin right now. The man you're with is not your husband. He just kind of goes straight for the heart uh, of her, and she says, Oh, you must be a prophet. And so then she mentions something about worship. She said, well, you know, we're supposed to worship here or there. or What's going on? You know, is it Jerusalem or is it the place where, where our fathers worshipped? And Jesus says, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming... And look at this, and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. 
God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So here's what happens. Jesus right here defines worship, what we're talking about worship is. We've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we'll take a break because Pastor Kim will be here next week, and we might... We've got several guests in a row. You'll only hear from me one more time till September 13th. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? Praise the Lord. Huh? <laughs> Jorge is coming the week after uh, Hands of the Potter Ministry. So we'll have several guests uh, to get different voices to speak into our lives. So we're excited about that. But there's, there's, there's three things that, that Jesus tells us about worship right here. He says, number one, uh, worship is no longer about a place. He changes it right there right there with the woman. Did you notice that? He said, a time is coming, and boom, now it's come. <laughs> I don't know if it just came right then. Did you catch that? Jesus said, a time is coming. Oh, it's now here, and it's now come, right now. <laughs> As I'm talking to you, right now, the time has come. We're not, we're, worship is no longer about a place. Worship is not about a place. Is worship in your life about a place? If it is, then Jesus says, hey, you're living in the past. The time has now come where that's, it's not about place anymore. It's no longer about, you know, what they were talking about was, hey, is it Jerusalem or is it the Mount of the Samaritans? The Samaritans were the half, were half Jews, half breeds. And so they were, the, they were the ones that the Jews would look down on and say, oh, you don't worship at the right place because you've got to worship at Jerusalem. This is the place. It's all about the place. If you're not in the right place, it's not worship. She said, well, what about this mountain? Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And Jesus says, hey, a time's coming. And actually, it's now here. It's not about the place anymore. So what is worship about? Number one, worship is about a father seeking worship. It's about the Father's heart. It's about the Father's desire. You know God is looking for worshipers? It says He's seeking them. He wants this, He wants you to be a worshiper. And here's the deal. Sometimes we look at it and it says, but you know, these are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks, the ones who worship in spirit and in truth. And you can seek something to be either inclusive or to be exclusive. I think sometimes we look at this verse and say, God is excluding people. Oh, man, if you don't, if you don't worship in spirit and truth, get out. Oh, yeah, eh, not in spirit, eh, not in truth. Eh. That's not what Jesus, that's, I don't think that's the Father's heart. I think the Father's heart is like, man, I'm looking for someone, and I want to, oh, I want to I be inclusive. I want everybody to worship in spirit. Oh, I found one. I found one. I found one of my worshipers. Oh, I love them so much. That makes me want to be a worshiper in spirit and in truth rather than meet this standard so you can worship me the right way. If you hear God say, meet the standard to worship me the right way, are you going to want to enter in? Yeah, maybe. Maybe out of fear. Like, I know I have to do this, God. I'm going to sing. I know I'm not going to do it. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> That's not what worship is about. Worship is about the Father's heart saying, I'm going out through all the earth. I want, to, I want some worshipers in spirit and truth. I'm going to reach out to you. I'm seeking you. This is inclusive. It's not exclusive. I want everybody in. So worship is an everybody affair. Worship is a desire of the Father's heart. He's bringing people in. He's saying, I need this. I, I want this. I desire you. And then two other simple things. Worship must be in spirit. It must be in truth. 
Worship is a spiritual thing. That's point number one if you need to write that down. Worship is spiritual. <laughs> Seems obvious. But but here's here's the interesting part. It says Jesus says, Hey, look, my father is spirit. God's a spirit. Okay? He's he's not Jesus is the only one who has flesh of the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Father is spirit. So if you're going to worship the Father, you have to be in the spirit. And isn't it great that Jesus into uh, Jesus into his children, what did he do? He sent the Holy Spirit to us. What does the Holy Spirit do? One of the things it says he guides us into truth. So it's great. So worship has to start, I think you put in the spirit first, because if you're in the spirit, you'll always end up in the truth. If you end up outside of the truth, you weren't in the spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's only going to lead you to truth. So if you worship in spirit, you will worship in truth. And if you need to check it, you know, you know, hey, is this, does this line up with the word of God? He's written down the truth. But also Jesus himself is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth, who is living in me. So I have the ability to enter in to worship God through Spirit and Truth because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, is in me, and He's leading me to all truth. Turn to Revelation 4. We're going to fly through this here. You're going to be impressed. They said the pastor only preaches for 20 minutes in Atlanta, so I'm trying to beat him. <laughs> I mean, I beat him every week. Go beyond 20. <laughs> Look at this. Revelation 4 and 5 is a picture of worship. It's like John has his eyes open to what's going on in heaven all the time. He has, he has an encounter with God. It's, it's, a spiritual, it's a spiritual experience he has. And it says this, after this I looked. This is John, the apostle, same guy that wrote the book of John. Think about that. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing in open, open in heaven. And the voice I had heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Look at this verse 2. At once I was in the Spirit. At once I was in the Spirit. Okay, John says that in the book of Revelation. The Re Revelation is mostly about worship and about Jesus. It's not necessarily totally, it is about the future, but that's not the main focus. The main focus is Jesus being exalted over everything. And the future of the earth as Jesus as the king. Throughout this thing, John says several times, he says, at once I was in the spirit. If you can be in the spirit, then you can be out of the spirit. Right? Does that make sense? I mean, is that a fair... Doesn't, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit just leaves us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you can either be in the Spirit or out of the Spirit. So there's times where I'm in the Spirit and times where I'm out of the Spirit. So he says, At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder before the throne seven lamps were blazing these are the seven spirits of god also or the sevenfold spirit of god also before the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal 
In the center around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had the face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, does this remind you of Isaiah 6? Six wings, creatures crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Then there's a new picture. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. And I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. What does that look like? Standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the sevenfold spirits of God sent out into the, all, the, all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Isn't it interesting? There's a new, there was a new song in heaven that was released in that moment. Something new, something fresh. You know, there's something about worship. Sometimes we need a new song. It doesn't mean we need a new song to sing at church. We need a new song in our hearts. We need to have something fresh that we express to God. Are you in, the, are you in a rut in your personal worship? Sometimes you need a new song. You need something fresh to come from your spirit. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you have purchased men for God from every tribe and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. There's a huge circle of worship. In a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Let me take a breath. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. That's quite a worship experience and encounter going on in that moment. Here's the deal. That worship is going on in front of the throne all the time. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the worst part of your life where you're facing deepest challenge in your life? What's going on over me as a child of God is the singing around the throne. There's angels going absolutely nuts because of Jesus. 
There's people who are they're being drawn over and over again to worship God because they have a fresh revelation over and over again. They see God and they're like, oh, I've got to fall down again. They get back on their chairs. They get put their crown back on. It says, then the 24 elders, they get off. Whoever these dudes are, I don't know. They get off the throne. Oh, they get down. They fall down on their faces. Oh, worthy, worthy, worthy. They get up again. They're like, oh, God, you're still there. You're still, oh, I've got to worship again. I'm not even sure how long they stay in those thrones they're seated on, whoever the 24 elders are, right? But they keep falling on their faces over and over again. The angels keep singing. The angels keep crying. They keep saying, holy, 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 the four living creatures, which must be quite a sight. One looks like this. One looks like that. One looks like that. They've got eyes all over their wings, under their body, under their wings. But they're saying, holy, holy, holy. So there's worship going on all the time. It's going on all the time. And how do I enter into that? By getting in the Spirit. By stepping into the Spirit. Jesus says, we have to worship. You must worship in Spirit because God's Spirit. That's how you enter in. That's how you, that's how you step into another realm is you must worship in Spirit. And so my question to you is this. How do you get in the Spirit? Not how do you, how do you? How do you get in the Spirit? What makes you get in the Spirit where you become sensitive to what's going on around you, where you become more aware of the presence of God? Are you getting in the Spirit or are you just all the time just living like this? Not even necessarily in the flesh, I'm just in a body. In the flesh being a bad term, being, hey, I'm being selfish or prideful or soulish in some way. How do you get in the Spirit? Be intentional. Be intentional about getting in the Spirit. And I'm preaching to myself too. Just say, hey, John, you can do this too. I know, I'm preaching to myself right now. Be intentional about getting in the Spirit because it doesn't just magically happen. You know, God does sometimes just touch us. He's just gracious and merciful. But there's a lot of times where God says, step into the Spirit what does it say in Galatians? It says, live in the Spirit or walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. In other words, there's, there's, a, there's a decision that has to be made on my heart to say, I'm going to live in the Spirit. So there's an, there's an attentiveness, there's an intentionality, there's a focus that has to happen where I say, I'm going to go into the Spirit. I'm going to live in the Spirit. John says there was times where he was and times where he wasn't. At once, I was in the Spirit. And when I was in the Spirit, then I could see things that were going on. God may not give you that gift. He may not give you a glimpse of heaven, but He is going to give you gifts, and you are going to see the presence and power of God manifest in your life if you're in the Spirit. So I have to be in the Spirit. What ha Here's what has to happen for me. I'll just tell you, me. I have to do it intentionally. I have to focus. I have to make a choice. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to step into God's presence. I need to have my soul quiet. I need to have a quietness in my soul, in my mind, okay? I'm going to include, because your mind, your soul, is your mind, your emotions, and your will. If your mind is going crazy, you're not in the spirit. If you're, you have all these thoughts that are, you know, some people have, some people never have their heads quiet. Did you know that? I want to tell you that's not normal. That God wants to bring you out of that. That there's, there's always a race, racetrack of thoughts going on, and it usually leads to anxiety or fear or some, something. 
That's not normal. That's not the way God created us to be. In the spirit, there's a peace and a rest where you're not worrying about something, where there's, your mind is, uh, some of you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know when your mind is, is in charge of you and you're just, uh, and you think thoughts and, oh, what if this and this? Oh, what if this? and Oh, no, what if this? You start thinking scenarios out. I, I'm, I'm good at that. Okay, this, 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 like, okay. And the Holy Spirit's like, uh, Holy Spirit, he's not mad. He's just, all right. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, can I talk to you? <laughs> but, but I can't hear him because I don't have a quietness in my soul. Because if I'm going to be in the spirit, my spirit isn't in charge. So the Holy Spirit in my spirit, the inner core of my being, is then in charge. Then he's in charge of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, and what I desire. My mind, my emotions, and my will. I am in the spirit. That's why if you walk in the spirit, it's impossible to gratify the desires of the flesh. You, you, it is totally impossible if you're in the spirit to sin. To do something out of your flesh, to be prideful, to get angry at your spouse, to say a bad word that you told God you'd never say again, whatever, whatever it is for you. When you're in the spirit, those things don't happen. So that's how you know whether you're in the spirit. For me, I have to, I have, to have a quietness. There's an intention out. You know, sometimes that might be some confession. It might be just releasing things to God. And you might need some help. Or you need someone to pray with you to where you can have your mind quiet. Because if your mind is not quiet, you're never going to enter into the spirit and experience the fullness of what God wants for you. Here's the other thing that helps me get in the spirit is to do something spiritual. <laughs> now that can be kind of a churchy answer but let me tell you this if i choose to say if i just speak some worship to god lord i just praise you right now i worship you that's something spiritual for me i use my spiritual prayer language that's a great way to get in the spirit but if you don't have spiritual prayer language use your english prayer language (laughs) do something that you normally do when you're in the spirit in other words, you, is there's a decision that says, I'm going to step in the Spirit. What is that for you? Is it just a turning of your soul, your mind, your heart to God and say, Oh, God, I'm just open to you right now. Because He's always there. And I'm finding that I ignore Him a lot of the time. That's what He told me. He said, Yesterday, you just ignored me all day. I said, Really, God? I, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> you know, I went throughout my day yesterday. It was a good day. Did this or that. I got to bed. I was kind of reading reading the word for just a little bit before I fell asleep. And I just had this thought. It was like, I don't, I don't think I was in the spirit at all today. And I'm preaching on it tomorrow. <laughs> That's terrible. But there there's needs to be some intentionality to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the spirit. And the more I, I submit to the Holy Spirit, my worship is in the spirit. It's just going to happen. It's just going to be natural. I don't have to work something up. I don't have to try it out. It's going to be part of my life. I'm going to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and it's be my spiritual act of worship. It's just living life. It doesn't mean I, do, I may do the same things I did the day before, but there's an awareness where I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm tuned into you. I'm in the spirit. I, I am listening to you. Maybe you just need to welcome the Holy Spirit. 
You know, Benny Hinn wrote a book that said, Good morning, Holy Spirit, that he got up every day and said, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I welcome you into my day. Hey, that's a good idea. Ask God at the beginning of the day. Wake up, say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. He's like, I've been waiting for you to wake up. I love you. (laughs) You're awesome. I made you. I love you. That'll help me start off be better in the spirit right there, just listening to the Holy Spirit. We got to make the decision to be in the spirit. If we're going to allow our eyes to be trained and or our the eyes of our heart to be clued into what God is doing, because Jesus said, "My Father is always at work." I'm always at work. So wherever you are, wherever you are, God's doing something. Wherever you're at. If you're a child of God, wherever you are, God's doing something. And in in fact, wherever you are, he is. That's why he wanted the Holy Spirit in all of us. So he says, look, I'm going to I'm going to minister with a with a body with someone who's connected to heaven, though. And that's why Jesus was so amazing, because he was a human being, but he was totally 100 percent connected to heaven. He was always in the spirit. That's why everybody was drawn to him. That's why he could rebuke people and tell them all kinds of hard stuff. And they're still like, I want to be around you. And you're like, that doesn't, that doesn't look right. No, because he was in the spirit. When he spoke the hard things, it wasn't because he was mad or angry. or It wasn't because he was trying to manipulate the situation. It wasn't because he was trying to control people. It was because he was in the spirit. And God said, this is what I need to say right now. So you say it. Boom, you say it. Easy or hard, encouraging or challenging. He said it. He was in the Spirit. And then Jesus says, you will step into worshiping me in the truth. Here's, let me give you a quick summary of the truth. The truth, is, the truth is this. First of all, the truth is the Word of God, and the truth is Jesus himself. So if I'm connected to those things, I'm going to be worshiping in the truth. Are you connected to Jesus in your personal relationship? He is the truth. Am I connected to the word of God, which is the written word of truth? And I find that worshiping in truth is about recognizing who God is and who I am. If I have God's identity right and my identity right, I'm going to worship. I'm going to be in Christ. That's what it means to be in Christ. I've got him in the right place, me in the right place. He says, in Christ, you're all this, all these things throughout the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit is leading me into truth. Part of that truth is who he is and who I am. Out of those two things, I worship in truth. Because I'm worshiping in the, in the reality of who he is, and I'm worshiping him in the ra- reality of who he's made me to be. And if I get one of those two mixed up, I'm not worshiping in truth. If I get confused about who God is, I'm not worshiping in truth. I may be hesitant to enter into his presence if I'm confused about who God is. If I'm confused about who I am, I may not know that I'm welcome because he's made me his child. And so I don't enter in. So I worship in spirit and in truth. But I think it starts in the spirit. I think it starts in the spirit. And I think God is calling his people to become more aware of his presence. And I'm saying, Lord, I need to be more aware of your presence. I'm still going through life. Some days where, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't mean I'm just praying all day. I mean, Paul did say pray continuously. <laughs> like, great, Paul. Thanks for writing that in the Bible. 
That way I can make sure I wasn't measuring up. No, that's not what it's about. (laughs) Praying without ceasing means there's a heart connection with heaven all the time in your life. When you step in the Spirit, you understand what that means. And the more I, more I just become, Lord, I'm just more aware of you. And sometimes for me, this is when it's been more effective me. Everywhere, every time I step into a new place, like today, for example, I may go to lunch, I assume at a restaurant after John quits preaching, okay? <laughs> We're almost done here. There are times when I step into a place and I say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? The times I've done that, it's not something amazing doesn't always happen. Here's the deal. It's not like, oh, I got to pray for this person and they got saved and, and then everybody behind the counter jumped and laid down at my feet and said, what must I do to be saved? No. That hasn't happened to me yet. What I do find is this. I sense God's heart for people in the room. It may be the people I'm eating lunch with. It may be somebody else. I don't know. But it's just a choice to say, okay, whenever I'm in a place, I step into a new place, step into a new situation. Okay, I start my day. Boom. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Okay, I'm going to go meet somebody. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. I get in the car. I'm transitioning to somewhere else. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. When I do that, I find myself I'm in the Spirit more. When I don't, I'm just going through life. doesn't mean God's not working. It just means I'm not, I'm not paying attention to what he's doing because he's doing stuff all the time. He's speaking all the time. He's pouring out his heart all the time. So I challenge you, be intentional about being in the Spirit. Do something different this week. Make a step that says, Lord, I'm going to try, try one of those ideas or God may give you your own idea that helps you get in the Spirit and then walk in the Spirit. Let's stand. Let's close. Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we, we invite you, Holy Spirit, and say thank you for your word, first of all. Thank you for the word of truth that you've spoken to us. But make us aware of your presence, God. Let that, let that prayer be true. Let it not be just a song we sing. Let it be a truth we live. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in our lives. Lord, we need your perspective. We need your heart. We need your ability. We need your grace in things we are facing. Lord, whether it's an easy day or it's the worst day we've ever had, whether it's an easy season in our life or this, this is the most difficult season that we have ever faced in our entire lives, we need to be in the Spirit. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. We want to honor you in everything we do. Be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed. And if you need prayer, please come on up. We'd love to pray with you before you go.